expect me to talk? Yes, because it's a podcast, Dan. Oh, yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that was a good impression. Thank you very much. I'm kind of losing it now. Oh, yeah. Wash. Wish money, Penny. Can Shit I? on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about, Phil? I don't know. Uh, Sean Connery in... Um, Jason Bourne. Jason he, he Bourne. He was in yeah. that, wasn't he? was in that. Um, yeah, and Kingsman. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's got to be that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's mother flipping James Bond. Oh, yeah. Yes. Finally. Yes. After... Two years? Yeah, it meant to come out March last year, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's technically... One of the longest gaps between Bond films. Although I did find out some random... We're going to jump straight in with the trivia. Ooh. Do you know he broke his ankle on one film and broke his leg on another and that's why there was such a gap between some of the films? Yeah. 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 And also with this film in particular, like parts of Pinewood got blown up. That I remember... What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they were shooting No Time to Die, which at that point was called just Bond 25. Uh-huh. There was lots of production issues, like Daniel Craig got injured multiple times, <laughs> like he does on every bomb film. Um, yeah, part of the set got blown up. They had an issue with um, like a, one of the car crashes, all sorts of stuff. Mm. So even before COVID came along, it was it's still a problem. Still having issues. Well, and welcome it, to that damn film show. <laughs> hello. <laughs> we went off on a tangent. We did indeed. But Karen, what were you saying? No, that was it. Huh. Let's crack on with the show. Well. Welcome. This is uh, James Bond 25, yeah. also known as No Time to Die. Or Shatterhand, as was... it was originally called. Shatterhand? Yep. Why? <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go with it, because all I can think of is Shat in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good title. Or they could be do the Sean Connery version. And <laughs> Maybe they realised that. Because <laughs> they, they knew everyone would just do a Sean what? Connery version. Shatterhand impression. doesn't even sound like a Bond name. No. It sounds dumb. It was a working title, but very much it needs a to work harder title. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, yeah, so we will have a use our usual spoiler section at the end of this, so don't worry, we'll avoid spoilers best as can. We won't really talk much story because, you know, we don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's quite spoilery. It is very spoilery. I mean, you can probably guess, you know, it's it's Daniel Craig's last Bond film, so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very important to, to not know everything. So uh, I'm going to turn to the old IMDb to do the synopsis because I feel like the first 10-15 minutes are massive spoilers and then the stuff you've seen in the trailers doesn't really cover that. I mean, apart from, you know, the spinny car scene. But Yeah. yeah. Well, we can talk about the... We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit. We can talk we'll about careful. the stunts and some yeah. of the, the uh, visual look of the start. But mm. yeah, there is quite a lot of story content which follows directly on from Spectre, I would say. Yeah. So you don't want to talk It's very much. much a sequel rather than mm. you know just being another bond whereas no- normally bond films don't carry on from each other do they i think the daniel do, craig ones do but. they do loosely uh, some of the the old ones the sean connery ones um it's because it's spectre mm. they have the same sort of thing but it's not i wouldn't say it's as intensely connected as these five the craig's five yeah that's very much a, a tight-knit progression because yeah. with connery's um, Spectre only really comes in, in From Russia with Love and then Goldfinger kind of ignores Spectre okay. so, whereas although it's kind of a point of contention with Skyfall that seems like it's separate but they do link Silver into Spectre so it's technically yeah. all connected okay yeah 
Um, anyway, synopsis for this film, <laughs> according to IMDb, Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix, I keep trying to call him Lighter. L- L- yeah, Lighter. Lighter, oh yeah, that does read right. You're right. Felix Lighter from the CIA turns up asking for help. And apparently, talking about the multiverse, strangely. I don't, I don't get why he did that. <laughs> uh, um, did that. <laughs> the mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Mm. Here is the iPhone 27. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, it's God, even yeah. worse than they first predicted. <laughs> right. Well, that's your synopsis. That's what you're getting from me, because I don't want to spoil anything in this film, because it was uh, pretty damn good. I really enjoyed film. it. It's very good. It's still nothing has beaten Casino Royale, and this still doesn't beat Casino Royale. But some scenes do. In yes, my opinion, yeah. A kind of uh, from a action perspective. Oh yeah, the action um, was fucking and sick. Stunt perspective, it was incredible. What films had the director done before this? Do you know? Um, no. I can't remember. Has he done anything Hollywood based? He's done a few things that I've. When I was looking at his filming filmography that I did recognise, be that TV shows maybe, um, but I can't recall off the top of my head. Mm. But it is the same. Oh, he he wrote the reboot of it, which is a very good movie. Oh, okay. Uh, director wise, Maniac. Not seen that. Oh yeah, I started watching that. It was really good, but it's very intense, so I kind of didn't follow uh, up with it. He directed some episodes of True Detective, which I've never seen, but I've heard is very good. Ah, that's probably where I've seen his name. Because that's a very good series. And then beyond that, that looks like pretty much it. They seem to... It's weird that a lot of big directors end up on... uh, Small-time directors end up on big films lately. Especially recently. Yeah. I mean, you've got like Ryan Coogler with Black Panther. Yeah, what did Um, he do before that? Before Creed, I mean. uh, Fruitville Station was like um, his thing with Michael B. Jordan... Which was like a, an indie film, which got kind of... That's good, though. It means you end up with more diverse um, storytelling. That You end up with a lot of different stories than you would if you just picked the same directors or the big directors every time. Definitely. And I think one of the things this film definitely has going for it is I really liked what Sam Mendes did with Bond because mm-hmm. he did Skyfall and Spectre. Yeah. But I think it was time for a slight change. And... Uh, this director has definitely brought his own style. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed as well, because I rewatched from Casino Royale to Spectre just before we saw No Time to Die. Mm. And I noticed that they do swap the people around every few films. Mm. So I think both of Sam... No, no even with Sam Mendes, because the first with Skyfall, he had... Um, oh, it's like one of the most famous cinematographers, Roger Deakins. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he normally works with Roger Deakins. But on Spectre, he had had Vo- Hoyt van Hoytemer, who did Tenet. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that would be Hoyt van Hoytemer again. Who was it in this one? It was a guy I didn't know. Interesting. And Do you know what he's done? No, but they were very good. I thought yeah. the cinematography was brilliant. Fantastic, yeah. Like, I mean, it, some some of the stunt scenes as well, how they shot that. Like this, I mean, you've seen it in the trainer trailers, but the spinning... Um, db9 db5 db5 the spinning db5 the shot for that is really cool and it just gets better as it goes on like how it's cutting in and out of the car that motorbike stunt it goes goes up the thing yeah they should not have put that in the trailer because that was like because even in the film i forgot about it and i was like fucking hell when i saw it Mm. but i was like oh yeah it was in the trailer 
but it's kind of like in the dark night when they showed in the trailer the truck flipping if you never true. saw that you'd be like holy shit yeah but it was still a, a good shock but i wish i never saw it in the trailer yeah no that's true but that that's how they you know they're trying to draw you in isn't it mm. so that's that's just the way trailers are made unfortunately um but i guess that's one thing we can talk about with the intro so the synopsis you gave is actually a kind of about 15 20 minutes into the film i don't know it's yeah quite fast it's, paced. it's i'd say the opening before the credits is probably about 15 15 ish minutes yeah because at um, the very start you have probably one of the best bond openings I've oh ever hell seen. yeah that was awesome and it was different yeah um because without giving too much away there's this kind of masked hitman who's going to this house in the snow I'm not going to say any more than yeah. that. Yeah, it you've seen it in the trailers, but yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, they've shown snippets of it, but to open with that mm. um, was really cool. Bit of Wallace and Gromit made a cameo as Bit well. Bit of Wallace and Gromit. Got Fe- in there. Feathers McCraw. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought after that bit, it would go to credits. But no, no, you had that whole sequence in, I think it was Italy? Yeah. Or something like Italy. Yeah. And... Um, where we kind of first encounter Bond. I'm not going to say what he's doing there, but that you're thrown straight into the action. Mm. And that's more like the classic Bond opening. So it was really cool to have a different <coughs> opening, but then they, they did stick to the original formula. Yeah. And they had like the motorbike chase, the DB5 shootout, um, and some really good fights and chases. Mm. It was really fast paced, but unlike Quantum, I could follow everything that was going on. Yeah. And yeah, just a really gripping opening in all aspects. There is uh, one bit in the opening that did make me laugh, though, and it's, it's not really a spoiler, but they're they basically write secrets on bits of paper and burn them, right? Yeah. I kept thinking that like, there's a bit where um, Doctor Swan throws one out the window, and I just imagine someone going, ah, "I got to burn it to death." <laughs> it's like, yeah, they are throwing around flaming bits of paper just around the city would this not cause problems well th- that's the thing when they showed there was like an opening shot and bonds driving the db5 into the city and obviously at this point this doesn't spoil anything you know he's already left mi6 yeah. so he should be in retirement but obviously that's not going to stay like it is from a distance you can see all these fires mm. and i'm like why is he just driving into a fi- <laughs> fiery city and he's calmly doing it like it's vacation. Like he's bloody James Bond. Um, but obviously they explain it soon after. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll kind of just break down a bit, a little bit of the opening scene. But yeah, the, the action in the opening scene is ridiculous. It's so good. And it, it brings back something that Daniel Cagadol has kind of jokingly been missing was the gadgets. Mm. And obviously the DB5 is full of them. So didn't yeah. use that many, but you got some really cla- you got some proper classic ones in there. Which is cool. Yes, because um, they Inspector, for example, no, it was Skyfall, wasn't it? They had the DB5, and then the DB5 got blown up. Yeah. Um, but the DB5 was just like that running joke where it's he just drove it with them to get to Scotland, mm. and that was it. But it, like you say, it was really nice that they actually used the damn car. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was specific things from goldfinger when the db5 was first introduced mm. with the um they have the no i'm not going to say because people yeah. will enjoy it but the little gadgets and gizmos that the car can do and i think they even alter some they modify some yeah uh, yeah really cool and um, yeah unlike bond other bond films the car in fact the cars get a few 
showings in this, don't they? Which is good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Like that's very true. There's some good car chases <laughs> even later. Yeah. Well, we'll stick on action for a bit. I mean, we won't go into every single one because a lot of them are surprises. But yeah, the action in this film is spot on. Um, I, I mean, I've looked at the like I said, just at the other guy, the, this guy's other films. Don't really know what else he's done action wise, but if this is anything to go by it's probably good stuff um, yeah and it's a strange um mixture because it's the longest bond film and even mm. though it's only 10 15 minutes longer it feels didn't feel that long it didn't feel that long but it did feel like there was more content yeah um i felt like there was like more action scenes and more car chase scenes than usual yeah mm. but strangely paced out because yeah. you had a very dramatic opening and then it slowed down a fair bit. <clears throat> and then it kind of uh, dipped and fell, mm. which is kind of what Nolan does in his films. So he's even talked about that as a, uh, a method of filmmaking yeah. where you, you build up and drop and build up and drop. Um, and also it's probably, I would say with this one, you have to suspend your disbelief a bit more than maybe... Uh, things like Casino Royale and Skyfall, quite grounded Bond films. Yeah. So in Skyfall, you've got uh, cyber terrorism, mm -hmm. and Casino Royale is very down to earth. In fact, I think that's probably why it's still the best because it's almost believable everything that happens. Yeah. Obviously, there's some stuff where you're like, okay, he's Bond, <clears> so he's superhuman in a way, but it all feels as close as it could be. Whereas this does hark back a bit to old school Bonds where it's very much an end of the world. It's quite funny as well that it's in a pandemic and it's about a kind of global catastrophe. Yeah. It, a totally different one, but it's that idea. Um, and the, I guess it's a pro and a con. The pro is that after like Spectre, which arguably it does have good action sequences, but the ending's very anticlimactic. Mm. It really ups the stakes. But obviously, when you do something like that, the realism is going to be tipped a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's nice is it's not tipped so much that you can't still enjoy it. And I think the characters keep it grounded is the yeah. important thing. Yeah. Daniel Daniel Craig is born like he kind of always had that grittiness to him. And it, it does stay there with this, even if it does get some crazy action scenes and some yeah. crazy fights. But, you know, it, it, it escalates everything very well. So. Yeah. And at the end of the day they phased out the gadgets and they made the fight scenes more like Bourne, mm. but it's not Bourne. So it hasn't got shaky cam for stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But Bourne is going for very realistic. Yeah. You still want, you still got to, you still uh, want a bit of gadgetry. You still want a bit of ridiculousness. You Bourne. still got to yeah. have some stunts, which are just like, Whoa, mm. you know, how is he going to walk away from that? Probably not, but who yeah. cares? You know, it's, it's Bond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so action scenes ultimately all good. I suppose we should jump on to uh, something a bit else. Uh, cinematography, like very good, like we said. Beautiful. There's, again, a, a shot in the opening uh, that's also in the trailer as well. Where he jumps off the bridge with the rope. Oh, yeah. Like that. That was a really cool shot. Um, and, yeah, there's some scenes much later on in the film. Uh, well, actually, no, like in the snow area, for in the, I say the snow area, the snow scenes, um, some really nice shots in that. Oh, the like prologue. Do the, yeah, yeah, where they're yeah. doing like the wide shots and everything. Uh, and then, yeah, later on, the action sequences, you know, like the big ones coming towards the end, all very good and very, very well shot. And there's quite a lot of one shots in this as well. Oh, yeah. Which was good. I know which one you're thinking yeah, about yeah. as well, yeah. Um, yeah, so ultimately, 
all very good on cinematic and action side, but let's, uh, let's do a bit of acting, shall we? Yeah, acting chops. Yeah, we'll start with the uh, the, the the big star. Uh, the What's that comedian's name? I've forgotten his name. <laughs> oh, well... He- no, we can't say no. that. Is. Oh, okay. Save it. Okay, there we'll is, say there is a comedian say in this film. That, yeah, it's a good, it's a good cameo. cameo. Good cameo. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Craig, of course. So, I mean, I haven't seen enough of the older Bonds to really compare the others. I've seen a bit of Pierce Brosnan. Um, but that's about it. Uh, Goldeneye and a couple of the shitty like later ones. Yeah. Um, but another day. I think with Daniel Craig, all of his films are like enjoyable and watchable whereas i've heard some I, I haven't seen them all but or most of them but i've heard some of the older bonds are either so bad now that they're just not watchable mm. or they're just well just not that intriguing to watch whereas all of daniel craig's quantum sauce is the worst one but it's still a watchable film yeah um and specter is definitely the second worst but it's still a watchable film and then that that he's kind of got that consistency through and through but i think his acting performance except maybe inspector where he just didn't seem to give a shit mm-hmm. is good in all of them and yeah. this i think was his best acting performance even casino royale he was very good in but i think acting in this he was better yeah and the, uh you can tell i think because i've seen a few interviews with him and i think he wanted to go out you know in style as yeah. opposed to like specter's an o- okay ending but it doesn't really feel like an ending. No. Um, and I think it's, I think he definitely was keen to come back. And I think that shows in his performance. Mm. Um, also, the writing's part of that. He's had um, such good character development. I think, I don't think any other Bond has had the character development that he's had. Mm. and i think the decision to go back to casino royale the first story where where he's before he's an agent do the whole storyline with vesper yeah is what makes it such a compelling storyline and he he changes as he goes through the five films which you see a little bit in the older bonds but they don't really change that much Mm. like especially you know piers brosnan's bond is kind of the same throughout goldeneye he's a bit tougher yeah um but in these in these Craig films, you see a full um, evolution. Yeah, and he's a different Bond in this one as he is to Casino Royale, as he is to Spectre. Yeah, like very he, interesting. Casino Royale, he's very fr- he's very fresh faced and uh, kind of like a lot more professional. Whereas by this point, he's basically an alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> like he, I mean he is Inspector and uh, Skyfall a bit, isn't he? But this, he's getting like he he's a. Uh, well he's kind of at the end of his rope sort of thing he just doesn't care anymore kind of thing yeah but as not as an actor but i mean as a character he's not meant to give a shit definitely and i think um what they've been able to do cleverly is it's just the way it's timed but because bond as a character is becoming a bit of a dinosaur yeah and you know you look at some of the older films and that behavior that he exhibits isn't acceptable anymore And they do actually, in this film in particular, challenge... It's not that they change him, mm. but they... Introdu- and this is partly with the introduction of other characters, that he's forced to challenge his old-fashioned mor- yeah. morals and ideas of how the world works, how gender works, how ev- everything works. Yeah. And I think that's it's really clever because it's it's not only shows great progression over the five films but it's mm. also relevant in filmmaking it's relevant yeah. to society now so it it's um it makes him it makes him evolve with 
Yeah, with the times well, and with the times. I almost feel like Daniel Craig had a hand in that in terms of personally because he's he's a quite a big on feminism and stuff, isn't he? So yeah, and he got uh, Phoebe Wallace Bridge, who wrote Fleabag, in to do uh, a lot of the writing to spruce up the dialogue. Yeah, because there's three central female characters mm. and they're quite strong female characters yes yeah this um, is by this is by far without question like the best female characters a bond film has ever had yeah and i don't say that is in like oh you know they're good for a bond film i mean they are really good female characters mm-hmm. but you know for a bond film this is like top tier by far yeah but yeah they, they did we'll go over them in a minute but yeah they they wrote some they wrote good parts for women and for all of these sort of like worries before people going oh they're gonna make james bond a woman and it's like well thankfully they didn't do that they just made interesting female characters yeah and which is you know, which is what, what we you needed want. yeah exactly <laughs> um but i i would say craig is definitely more, i mean i i know you haven't seen as many i've seen every single bond film yeah and i think daniel craig's the best um i i do like timothy dalton a lot and obviously, Sean is great. I do want to see the Timothy Dalton ones. Yeah, yeah. But I think Craig is for me the best. Mm. Uh, he's just. I think he's the most. Re- he's the most like human and stuff from what I've heard and what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Nice. Um, cool. Who should we go on to next? So we should also probably talk a little bit about his physical acting. Yes. Yeah. His stunt work. I think he does quite a bit of the stunts himself, but obviously like the fighting and stuff i mean but yeah he was this is again his best performance i think not necessarily saying this is the best film out of the five but i'd say it's his best performance still yeah and uh he's 51 now which is still pretty impressive what he's doing yeah because he started casino royale when he was 37 i believe (laughs) baby john (laughs) keanu reeves was doing freaking john wick 3 at 55 (laughs) or something like that (laughs) but i mean it's probably the same with keanu reeves like the list of Daniel Craig's injuries is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it does make a hell of a difference. Mm. And not just in this film, but in the the fight I always think of that really sticks in my mind. Well, there's two. There's actually now there's three seeing this one, but I don't want to talk about this yet. Mm. So ones that people know about are the train fight inspector, which is insanely fucking brutal. Yeah. And I think part of that is because they threw each <clears throat> other around a bit yeah like you can tell and he even said to B- batista throw him harder and that's when he oh that's inspector right yeah that's when oh he, yeah it's that's strength when he, inspector yeah, yeah that was good and that's when he fucked up his knee yeah um, and that's when he broke batista's nose isn't and it? that's when he broke yeah. so these things happen um but it, it does make a hell of a difference mm. obviously he has to use stunt people sometimes but the, that's when the, the cameraman then comes in and does wide shots yeah hides the face blah 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 but having those close physical fights where you can see his face. Yeah, that's when it's better. That's when it's more gritty and realistic. It makes so much difference. Mm. It really does. Um, well, like you said, with the John Wick films, it, it really shows. Mm. And you can do so much more if yeah. the actor's willing to jump into You can it. do more realistic shots. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know, when, you, when you're when you giving everything you're all, so you're giving a physical performance and uh, a, like a motive performance... Like when you're far, far in everything, mm. then that that's gonna make the audience so invest I, almost invest. Yeah, invest more. It's gonna be more engaging. So yeah. you know, I do enjoy the Roger Moore films, but you can easily tell when the stuntmen are getting involved. Getting involved, especially um, in older films. The stuntmen, stuntmen weren't paid, but they were paid pittance back then, and they had no insurance, so they used them a lot because they were wanting to get the experience and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
they they used them as much as they could because they didn't want to get the actor hurt and then mm. have to pause filming. Um, and yeah, considering this film, you know, obviously they couldn't do as much stunt wise. Well, Greg couldn't do as much as say Casino Royale because mm. there was a lot of physicality in Casino Royale. Considering that, particularly the end sequence, which I'm not going to say what happens, but mm. the the what he's doing in that sequence is ridiculous. It's very yeah. impressive. Very impressive. Very good. Yeah um cool yes next next big actor so we won't mention what they are because they don't mention it in the trailers let's go for um, oh are you talking about villain time uh won't go villain let's go for lashana lynch oh okay yeah. yeah yeah so i'd say that she's well she's a big part of it she's in the trailers but she was very good she has a hell of a physicality to her. That's so for sure. we're not telling. We won't say what what yeah what her part in the story is because that'll give away too much. She works for MI six. Yeah, so I think that's. I mean, that's people could probably obvious, figure but... out what's going on with um, that. But... but yeah, she she's she's a freaking tank. She's like um, deceptively a tank. Like yeah. when you first see her, she's quite tall, okay, and then when you sort of see her a bit up close, she's like her back muscles are fucking gigantic. Yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. really like looks dangerous as a person definitely um but yeah she was very good she's not in it perhaps as much as the trailers made it look like she would be yeah i I think she was she with with all three female characters in this they're all fantastic but i think she she brought the physicality into it and the and a lot of the style that i felt worked very well for her character and really sort of gave a an evolution to 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 bond girls in films because you know like they're normally just damsel in distress, whereas she was just a badass. Yeah, because she's essentially this isn't a spoiler. She is a a, a female Bond. Yeah. Um, and she, I'm not saying that she becomes. They don't do yeah. female Bond, but she is the equivalent. Yeah. Of, um, but obviously because she's a well written character, she's not um got an old fashioned mentality like yeah. uh, Bond. She's got a whole different set of ideals and rules. Um, and that's what's interesting because they come into contact with one another and they have a kind of verbal sparring match mm. and it's really entertaining. Uh, it's it's funny as well. Um, and it's that's probably where Phoebe Wallace-Bridge's input's coming in, I yeah. would imagine, because it's quite a quippy dialogue. Yes, yeah, um, there's a few uh, classic Bond one-liners in this that did make me laugh every time. She gives him a run for his money is basically the thing. Yeah. Um, which he actually starts to enjoy that someone's kind of... Causing him trouble. Yeah, yeah. giving it back. Um, and there's a really interesting dynamic between her and Bond, mm. which I won't say where it goes to, but it it's very interesting how they Yeah, it evolves um, very well throughout the film. Yeah. Um, Leah... To, to, to do to yeah do. Uh, she's madeline isn't w- she w- how do you pronounce her name i don't know yeah. uh yeah Ma- something like that uh yeah madeline swan she was good she was from she's inspector as well isn't she yes um kind of like i i guess the, the love interest for bond because yeah that's not really yeah, yeah, she that, is, that's she is uh, love interest because they, um, they they go off together at the end of spectre yeah exactly so you know they're um, going to be involved um but yeah she was good as well uh I would I would say she's probably she she's definitely like the emotional character. She's like the emotional arc of 
the film for for bond mm-hmm. um whereas the other two sort of female characters are more just badasses and everything else but she was still good she she played her part really well i, I, I can't remember specter too well because i've seen it in a while except well i saw a bit of it with you the other day yeah um but yeah she's she's giving a better a much better performance than inspector as well i th- i think that also comes down to her writing like yeah well her how they've written her character because uh well for one thing again we're tiptoeing around stuff but she's presented one way and she actually ends up being another way yeah um and this comes down to bond's inability to trust people yeah um i won't say much more than that but she's got a very interesting progression what they do with her character she's quite three-dimensional and also you learn because you learn a lot more about her i mean there's a lot about her as well as bond yes which it's they're both they're both equally i mean if anything you learn more about her than you learn about bond because bond is still mysterious yeah it's kind of like vesper in the respect that she's given a lot of development yeah um and there's stuff you learn about her which is really interesting and also i think that gives depth to her character which in turn makes her performance more mm. engaging um whereas in the specter she was okay um she gave a good performance but i felt like she was just kind of because there was so much else going on in the film she wasn't really developed sidelined a bit yeah because yeah. she's just she's introduced quite late in the film and then it's just you know a case of she's just hanging around bond whereas in this she's kind of quite a big focus yeah in it, yeah yeah um cool uh the other actors we've got ben Wishaw as q oh yeah he's great yeah he, he's he's kind of playing he he's pretty much always playing the same character he's been playing since skyfall but yeah. i think this is one where he gets a bit more of his character out you learn a little bit more about him but still very very minorly which is um, in which is what what I really like about these films, I think they've all been written by the same people. Yeah, there's that. It feels like there is at least one writer from each film that's carried on over. I'm pretty sure Neil Purvis is work working on them. I don't know, but there's. It feels like there is the same group of writers because one thing I really liked about Spectre mm. was I don't know if you remember. There's uh, Neil Purvis. You are right. He has done all of them except, I think, except Quantum of Solace. Oh, no, yeah. he did Quantum Solace as well. Okay. Yeah. But that bit in Spectre where Bond basically has gone a bit rogue. <laughs> he also wrote Johnny English. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> that and Die perfect. Another Day, that and makes... The World Is Not oh, Enough. Oh, God. Uh, and a film called Stoned, Return to Sender. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's got a whip. It's like all Daniel Craig films, and then something called SSGB. No, oh, SSGB. Then... I've never heard of that. <laughs> and then both... The first two Johnny English films. <laughs> but not the third. Uh, actually, maybe that is the third. I think, he, I think he wrote the first and the third, perhaps. Because, you know, they had to save that franchise. <laughs> Johnny English Reborn. I'm pretty sure that's the third that one. That sounds like the third. Yeah, Strikes Again is the second yeah. one. How do I know that? And the first... I Did he write the first one? See, the first one's genuinely fairly the funny the first one's okay i yeah. haven't seen the other one so i can't comment but i mean when he blows up the speed camera in the first one that's like yeah that's pretty good <laughs> uh yeah so he, he's that's why there's sort of that carry on over it which is good yeah and i was gonna say inspector 
there's a bit where Bond is kind of going off a bit rogue. He's disobeyed M's orders, and he ropes Money Penny into helping him. Mm. And you see a bit of her life. You see her yeah. at home, and like she, they even make a joke about the fact that she's doing stuff. Yeah, you know, of like she has a life. They do the same thing in No Time to Die, and it's nice that they have. And it's not a long bit of. It's not the same level as character development as obviously Swan, but yeah. it's a nice little addition. Nice little addition. And there's to it. jokes that they've been saying throughout the other films since Skyfall, because that's where Q obviously was introduced. Mm. Little jokes, in jokes, which have a satisfying payoff. Yeah. In this one. Yeah, they f- I feel like they kind of wrapped up his like arc of comedy that they've been going for. Yeah. Um, he's a got... he's a good Q as well. He's a really yeah good Q. he is. I, I enjoyed him as Q. I mean, I I only know John Cleese as Q, but oh god, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of the original Q, but he was very good as well. But um, we've got Anna de, de Amar uh, uh, Anna de Armas. Yeah, probably completely butchered that. She's not in it very long, and I wouldn't say much about her because she's don't think she's in the trailers. Yeah, she's in the trailer. We don't very briefly. Yeah, she's not in the film that long, but the impact she has on it is very good. Yeah, I would like. I kind of wish she was in it more, but I liked her character at the fact that she was such a newbie. She yeah. was like, what? She say two weeks of training. Yeah, so they <laughs> they do with her. They do a real spin on the character. Yeah, and uh, her performance is brilliant. Yeah, uh, and her her dialogue is really funny. Yeah, um, and she's definitely kind of the the comic element but she's still kick ass at yes. the same time there's a kick she does that i was just you could see it was her because you saw her face right but it's fucking awesome she kind of like jumps and spin kicks into a guy oh yeah that, i was like yeah, that was yeah. sick yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah she did she was fantastic and i won't say much more on her because yeah she's she's not in it enough to really say much else but she was very good in it also in that sequence which is in cuba mm. um I'm not obviously going to go into too much detail, but when Bond is working with her, yeah. even though he's technically not back working for MI6, mm. it's almost like he's reliving his glory days because it's quite playful between them. Yeah. And they're doing this. And it's like he's having fun and like they're having fun. And that was quite a nice little moment because there's a lot of serious stuff in Craig's films in particular. Mm-hmm. When they rebooted it, it was going for the grittiness so it's nice to have a bit more kind of it's not camp mm. but there, there, there's a moment where he like uses a serving trays of frisbee oh yeah and then drinks the more that yeah, was fucking great like there, there's there's definitely this film i think maybe because it's the last one of this set yeah they were going for kind of let's the, throw in some get a bit of homages homages and stuff a bit more tongue-in-cheek in places mm. Yeah. Um, other actors wise I'll kind of group these together Ralph Fiennes and I can't remember his name the guy who plays Felix oh Jeffrey Wright yeah they're playing the same characters obviously they were in the previous films yeah. it's not really much to say about either of them I mean Ralph Fiennes is again it's his best performance as M um, and you know there isn't really enough of him in it that really there's really much to talk about and the same with well actually no, felix did have some really good stuff we you can't really say much about it because it's big spoilers for mm-hmm. him um but yeah both just really good performances and i think that was I've forgotten his fucking name again jeffrey wright yeah, yeah uh, his his again his best performance i feel like everyone in this film was really into it oh yeah and really wanted to do this film so um after sort of the downward spiral of acting inspector this really makes up for it sort of thing yeah and um 
like you say, I mean, Ralph Fiennes isn't in it a lot, but he has quite a strong presence in Skyfall and Spectre, so it's not such an issue. Yeah. But with Jeffrey Wright, he kind of faded out after Quantum, so it yeah. was nice to see him back in it doing his thing. And I, th- I like the way in this, although bond is obviously still the focus they kind of focus a lot on other characters like other new characters Mm -hmm. so you know whether or not they carry on into future films i don't know but you know that was i think that was good good choice well they got a good balance didn't they and i think the runtime helps with that because yeah they're still they're still continuing to develop and flesh out uh, craig craig as bond yeah um but because you've got a lot of the groundwork already laid for you Mm. that means that you can spread the focus on even newer characters or you know even stuff with like we said with q just a little bit more backstory yeah uh, is is cool um but lastly before we go into spoilers because we're going on for a bit longer than usual uh music but Hans Zimmer oh there were so many moments where I was like this is getting Dark Knight-esque yeah. this is getting Inception-esque especially the end yeah especially the end. not in a bad way that yeah that, that that those last few sort of score songs were incredible but yeah um very good and the title credits music song was good as well it's really catchy it's really catchy because I wasn't a big fan of Spectre I much no. preferred this one um and, and you know there are other ones that are really good everyone's got their favorite bond songs and ones they prefer and ones they just like i really like this one and uh our mate nick was saying actually that he it fits really th- it fits really well thematically yeah. with the film some of the lyrics as well match to it but. and that's great because some bond films are a bit too kind of you know that it's just a good song mm. but I wouldn't say the lyrics. It's like it's more like Casino Royale, with that all the lyrics of the film are really integral to the plot. Yeah. Um, but well, well concealed, obviously. But it all matches together very nicely. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Muse do a Bond song sometime. They, like they did could... submit one for. Skyfall. They did, did they? Oh, is that the one that got can't got? They got beaten down. by uh, Adele. Didn't Stereophonics do one as well, or Radiohead? Uh, something Radiohead like that. did one for. I'm I'm getting them confused. Hmm. They they've all submitted them for various different ones of Craig, and they get turned down, and they've been turned down, yeah. probably because they're not mainstream enough. No, and that is one big issue with Bond songs. They pick too mainstream. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. That's that's all I can think of. That covers everything without talking any spoilery stuff. So I think we'll. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I'd say about the plot, without saying, the 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 end of the well plot. Mm. has its issues it's very bondy very bondy. whereas the rest of the film kind of evolves that's still the same and there all is also a kind of a plot hole yeah but we'll talk about that in the spoilers oh and i've just realized we haven't mentioned rami rami malik rami malik because he was meh <laughs> there wasn't really much there he was good and there were moments where he was really good yeah especially when he um when he comes face to face with Bond, yeah, like there's some real good. Yeah, there's there's show, some good dramatic on. bits there. I just felt as an actual character, he wasn't that interesting. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he just and didn't really care. <laughs> no, it's, and I think that's to do with the plot. The plot is very much uh, harking back to old Bond films. Yeah, which is great nostalgically. With, with some twists. With some twists. Yeah, which is great nostalgically, but being critical, I I didn't. Feel think it was amazing no what interested me more was the personal stories of all the, the personal stories yeah. of all the characters and those plots they um, uh 
they did the classic thing of thinking raising the stakes makes things more interesting whereas actually if you make things more personal it's normally more interesting yeah so. but luckily because it's a long film it manages to have both yeah so exactly. you can look past the kind of slightly obvious plot to everything else that's going on yeah um also i would say that overall this film's great but in for particular for me it has one of the best openings yes and one of the best finales yeah definitely. the finale is and i've heard a lot of people say this it just fucking blows you out of the water i can't believe some reviews said it was anticlimactic what the fuck are they talking no. about like spectre was anticlimactic not. and this this made up for it yeah like it depends how you look what you like in a film i need a second watch mm. but some people will probably find that it slows down a bit too much in the middle and mm. i can kind of see that but it de definitely makes up for it with that finale. And I also think I'll need a second watch to fully know if what I think about the pace. Because mm. there was so much to take in on the first watch. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's as much as we Do, can say, we can really. say before spoilers. Before we spoil it. So I think we uh, better get a very special guest in. Oh, yes. And... Uh, you know his name. I hear he's uh, got a, a license to tell jokes. <laughs> uh, but I'll get the old uh, mystery curtain ready. Ooh. You hear that? Oh, that's oh, some good oh, roughage. Ready. Okay, ready for it? Oh. And... I uh, had to shoot an assassin with a harpoon last week. I think he got the point. Nobody does it better! Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bootyful, bootyful indeed. Booty sweat, <laughs> booty sweat. <laughs> well, there was uh, our guest for this week. Yes, and some uh, great opinions. Yeah, as ever, mm, we pick the best guests. We do indeed. Right. Yes. If you're leaving spoiler us now, zone. spoiler zone. This is this be a big one because there's lots to talk about. Um, but so. if you're leaving, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Again, I think we mentioned this with uh, Shang Chi. Yeah. But this is even more spoilerish. Mm. So if you really haven't seen Own Time to Die, yeah, yeah, this is. What like, are you doing? Go see it. Yeah, yeah, go see it. Definitely don't listen to this part. Um, and it's great to see in the cinema. That's the other thing. Don't wait until it. Gets oh on. yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't go wait until this, it gets yeah. on Blu-ray. Definitely. Oh well, until it comes to Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, because they own it now. Oh right, I didn't realize they had the distribution rights already for that. I think they do, but I think they probably won't do it for a while. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Anyway, spoiler zone. Yeah. We go for the big one first. Um, well, the big, big one. Yeah, yeah. We can do if you want, or we can start build up. We, we'll, we'll, we'll build up then. Do? We'll build up. We start at the beginning because yeah, yeah, that's the beginning. So, uh, yeah, you go. You go first. What do you want to talk about first? We might as well do the opening. Yeah. yeah. So the so there's it's like a two part opening. Strange. Yeah. So you don't continue straight from Spectre, but you have a flashback at the start, mm. but you don't know it's a flashback. And it's this guy wearing a mask. Which is Rami Malek's character. Which is Rami Malek's character. Uh, Safin is his name, is it? I Something think. like that. Yeah. This is how unimpactful he was as a character. I don't even well, remember Well, he was his awesome name. in this bit. Yeah. But he's approaching this house, which is on like an icy lake. Um, and it's a mum and a daughter in there. And it's really creepy because he's mm. wearing this kind of... Doll face doll mask. Doll face mask. He's got a machine gun. And he brutally kills the mum. And then he goes to kill the daughter. The daughter manages to escape. After watching some Wallace and Gromit. Oh, that was what gave her the motivation. <laughs> <laughs> and I then, mean, it is the scene where um, Feathers they're trying to chase down Feathers McGraw when he's 
he's got the gun. Did you? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I didn't exactly. I was concentrating too much on what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she gets away. He goes out onto the ice. Guess what happens? She falls in the ice. Yeah. And then he, in a strange turn of events, saves, saves her. her. Yeah. And and that does become hugely important later on. And that yeah, and it turns out it's Doctor Swan as well. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. that's probably we're, the, we're on spoilers now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Doctor Swan is Mister White's daughter yes right yeah, and yeah he worked for specter yeah so rami malik well let's call him safan i'm pretty sure his name is safan his whole family got killed by specter mm. that's why he's come to kill mr white's family um but for some reason he takes pity on her yeah well he sees her drowning then he can't go through with it mm. um, uh moving on from that then so we go into the italy scene go through the big car chase mwah. um <laughs> bond thinks that swan has betrayed him because when he goes to see vespa's grave which is there uh specter has got to him first and has planted a bomb yeah and blows it blows you know almost kills him and everything um big car chase happens he thinks swan's done it he's kind of giving up at that point when he's in the car and just letting the guy shoot the window before oh, he does yeah. anything yeah. i think that's the point where it's just like is there any point in continuing to fight and eventually he kind of snaps out of it and pulls out his double mini guns from the front of the car and does his spin um then uh really knows how to take women for a spin <laughs> and uh yeah there's the guy called cyclops as well the guy who's got blowfelt's eye yes yeah yeah which again was entertaining but it's kind of cheesy it was quite it wasn't it? yeah with the whole eye thing although the way the way he kills him at the end is pretty funny oh yeah yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, then well it's moving on so yeah he he basically ditches dr swan thinking that she's betrayed him and then it cuts to five years later. Does a, an Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, it does. Or Endgame. Yeah, Craig yeah, Bond snaps his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he got snapped away and then that's why it's five years later. Yeah. Snapped uh, away to Jamaica, apparently. Yeah. Cuts to a secret MI5 facility where they're creating a virus, which is to basically be the ultimate assassination tool and that it kills uh only people with specific dna and they can just spray it into a room and those people will die instantly but no one else will yeah it's like a targeted yeah weapon weapon yeah uh that's kind of the main plot of the film that's the end of the world stuff it obviously gets stolen and goes from there Mm. um then what are the spoilery things do we go on from there so i've I've forgotten her name i mean Uh, you've got uh so obviously um Swan hasn't betrayed him, which he yes, thinks. Yes, Swan hasn't betrayed um, him. The reason she's caught up in it is because it's basically Blofeld uh, manipulating from the shadows, yeah. which he always does. Um, and then we go to Jamaica, where Bond is, is chilling, and then he meets um, Lashana Lynch's character and finds out that she's the new 007, yeah. which is quite cool. And because... that's where the whole kind of yeah back and forth starts back and forth them. starts seeing them and uh they oh and before that he, he meets with felix as well because he wants him to join the cia and do a mission with him and they have that really creepy guy the blonde guy that i, I recognize yeah he was weird wasn't he i can't remember what i recognized him from but yeah he he was quite funny i found him quite entertaining uh, logan ash was the character's name billy Ma- magnus he usually plays nutters oh uh, he sure. was in game night a game night is a film with Jason Bateman and he plays like uh it's basically like a game they do like a big game night but he's actually gets kidnapped and then they think it's part of the game. Right. Uh what else has he been in? But the big short he was in, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, I've seen him in a few things. Uh yeah. 
but yeah, he, he was quite funny. Um, he wasn't that well developed. He wasn't that well developed. No, he was more just a oh, he's a, secretly a bad guy. Yeah, he was but just there to facilitate. He, he was a he was like a mild comedy relief for a few yeah. minutes. Yeah, and to facilitate a betrayal of yeah, course. exactly. Um, what's great about this? this whole sequence when you start in Jamaica and then go to Cuba mm. is what I loved about it was... I liked a bit of Bond's reluctance and then he goes, oh, fuck it, I want to do it. Yeah, mm. his his attitude's really funny throughout the film and he gets yeah. quite kind of like, he's almost like a grumpy old man. There's bits where Q's talking to him and he's like, yes, yes, Q. Yeah. And again, he's like familiar, but he's quite kind of bitchy in this film. Yeah, he's uh, a bit grumpy old man. A bit grumpy, but at the same time, uh when when kind of characters turn around and give him give him a bit he's kind of a bit <laughs> yeah um it's it's very interesting but i i also love the fact that for the kind of whole start bit he's not even working for mi6 no and obviously you've got the other 007 and i quite liked that he was working with the americans and it was almost like a kind of comedy setup yeah where they're both racing to the same objective but he's working with the CIA. Yeah. And um, that you've got the new 007. And I just thought it was, it yeah, was I, really... That scene in Cuba was... It was Cuba, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That scene in particular was good because that's where... Uh, what's the woman from Knives Out? Anna de Armas, yeah. Anna de Armas, yeah. She, um, she, she... That's her scene sort of thing. That's what she's in. Yes. And yeah, I, I felt like the dynamic between the two of them, although that she wasn't in it long, was a really good dynamic. He doesn't sleep with her, which yeah. is a shock. I don't think he sleeps with any women in Just it. Just Dr. Swan at the start. Yeah, yeah, at the start, yeah. And that's because he's in a committed relationship to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, what else? Yeah, what the fuck were we talking about before that? Oh, the Cuba scene, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Cuba scene was amazing, like the fight and everything in it. When he when he's fighting the two guys and then falls off the balcony. Mm-hmm. But there's the bit where she, um, like does like a a triple shot around her when she's got like, three oh, guys yeah, on the floor. I noticed that Bond kind of does something similar later on where he's um, yeah, when he's trying to save. Well, another big spoiler in a minute, but there's a spoiler section. Yeah, I know. Trying to save mean. his daughter and everything. Yeah. Um. It's it's a fascinating film because it's there's points where it's so kind of predictable mm. and but kind of deliberately because it's obviously going for the nostalgic route and it's probably one of the most bond bond films you'll have mm. because there's so much in it and you know because there's a mixture of like the stuff that's come before with Craig but also the stuff that's come way way before yeah it's a real kind of bubbling pot of ideas and styles but there are some really interesting twists. Like yeah. I went into that film expecting that Swan's going to betray him. That was my biggest issue. I was like, well, that's just Vesper again. Yeah. It didn't do that. Which No women betrayed him. Which was great. The other thing was that I thought, because um, obviously he, at the end of Casino Royale, he says he's quit. Yeah. And then he comes back and he does it in Spectre. But he doesn't come back straight away. And mm. what I really liked was that it takes quite a while for him to even actually agree to come back. And then he's not really Yeah, he comes back like almost for his own reasons sort of thing, yeah. And he's got his own thing he's doing. And then there's it's only you get to kind of just near the like last act. Mm. And then um, it's a later spoiler, but Natasha Link... Uh, is it Natasha? Oh, uh, Lashana. I think it was Lashana. Lashana Lynch's character uh, says 
reinstate him as 007. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was good. So I technically, that. that's way into the film. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because the the conventional thing would have been to have like a really short kind of, oh, we need you to come back. And then he just goes, yeah, all right. Or he goes, no, I won't do it. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, yeah, okay. I'll do yeah. It. But no, in this one, he goes, build up to no, it. I go to the CIA. Oh, I'll give you information on my six, but I'm not really working with you. There was a lot of that. Yeah, I like uh, I like his um, banter with M as well. How he kind of hates him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there was some good good lines between those two. Um. Then what else happens after that? What else? Spoilery. I suppose the next big one is like Blofeld is in it. He gets the, oh, the virus. Yeah, stuff. that is the next big thing. Yeah, the virus stuff is like so easily spread that you can literally like spray it onto someone's skin, and because it's nanobots, it just stays there forever. But because it only kills certain people, you won't know it's there until you touch the target. And then Bond touches and strangles uh, Blofeld, which then kills him. Um, that is one thing they did well with Safin, was that, again, it, it was a twist that you thought mm. Blofeld might be quite a big part of it. Yeah, which well, actually is in literally one scene. And he's literally in one scene, and it's because Safin fucks him over. He uses his own bo- uh, weaponized biological weapon against him mm. basically obliterates all the spectre and kills blowfell which again was a really interesting twist mm. because you're killing one of the most important bond villains but it because it was done in such a interesting clever way and also i think with safin up until where that i said there was a character plot hole mm-hmm. which is with him Wait. Him as a villain is justified. Well, not justified, yeah. but you it's like Killmonger. You can understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Until he goes ridiculous with until it. Until he goes ridiculous. Yeah, because so when... he, he gets all the Spectre killed, doesn't he? Yeah, and yeah. that bit is like, oh, cool. Sense. He's got a motivation. He's not just a faceless villain that's just wants world domination. Yeah. He's actually got a reason to why he's doing it. Um, and the reason, whether you agree with it or not, uh, is he wants revenge is, is because he wants revenge yeah. but it doesn't make sense why he then goes on to want to kill everyone in the world yeah and that I, was too bondy I, I feel like i need to watch it again because maybe i missed a scene where they yeah. explained it but i don't think i did didn't really make any sense um then I suppose it goes on to the dr swan stuff so the fact that she so she she's had bond's kid oh god yeah but i don't know why they did the whole oh she's not yours thing and it's like well everyone knows where this is going she's saying it's not his and later on she'll be revealed that it is it's like should have just gone with it she just gone she's yours yeah yeah you know like that that would have been fine that would have ended up with the exact same impact mm. um but yeah then they reveal it a bit later on uh then we kind of go sort of more towards the end of the film really and we start we can talk a bit about the there's the action scene in the forest which was very good I, it was yeah. subtle um it was a bit slower but i did like it like how he wraps the um grappling hook part of a land rover around a tree and then takes out like bikers and stuff yeah it's almost okay. uh it, it goes a bit kind of rambo first blood yeah that he's like running around hidden and like kind of more stealthily taking them out mm. um and then kind of later it gets a bit more kind of just shoot out yeah but it's nice to have a mixture of fighting styles yeah uh and, and you know he does actually show that yeah he can be a secret agent because mm. obviously the running joke is that he's the loudest secret agent you'll ever <laughs> yeah. see but yeah, that bit is is really and again because it's like a misty forest. It's all kind of atmospherically yeah. shot, very nice. And it's quite um quite a good motivation for it, and that he's trying to protect uh, Doctor Swan and his daughter. Yeah, so. 
and I think <clears throat> it's weird because I think if in the past if you'd ever said to me Bond having a kid I would have been like what mm. but it works mm. and the reason it works is because they've developed Craig's Bond so well to the point of that he feels m he, he's a different person to who he mm. was in the previous films and to who he was in the previous you know 20 however many older films yeah. like they've changed the character so that sort of character does work with a kid mm. and arguably it doesn't work at, at the start he can't process it yeah but he starts to actually kind of grow you know mm. fondness for the kid yeah I, I, I thought it was i thought I, I was surprised how well it was done and how much i was like i don't i wasn't even like nah that can't be i wasn't they pulled I didn't it off even it, question it, it. yeah it, it all made sense and everything i did i did like the joke where she goes here i've got something else to show you and he goes what another kid <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so he still retains the yeah he's still got the humor yeah uh but yeah then it kind of goes into the the final scenes with the action scenes uh infiltrating the island where rami malik's character is yeah and he's trying to set off all the the virus and everything to kill everybody um and that is like that whole that whole island, island scene is awesome so and it's so bond yeah and um safin looks like uh it, well there have been a lot of comparisons to the doctor no because mm. he kind of dresses like him um and the whole kind of he has this little plant air poisonous plant area. yeah yeah it's it looks visually great mm. it's got a real flair to it um, wonder where that actually was filmed yeah i don't know interesting i don't know um but yeah then you've got uh bond and 007 the new 007 infiltrating the island together i like the way they use both characters quite equally equally like obviously she she was used purely for action but he he was used for the emotional side and you kind of had her doing the action instead mm -hmm. which was good um and then you move on to basically well, that massive fucking fight scene. Oh, the that was shot. so good. Yeah, like starts off with I love the way the grenade just drops in front of him, and he goes, oh, grabs it, throws it straight back up, and it explodes. And yeah. then they drop down, load more, and then he just starts spiraling up this staircase, sort of almost um, Daredevil season two style, yeah. fighting his way up all in one shot, all like loads of smoke and everything about. And yeah, it just goes into these really like cool like gun gun scenes and like close fights and everything. And then Cyclops shows up again and he strangles him, tries try strangling him. But then his watch that Q gave him that sets off uh, small EMPs uh, then short circuits his eye and then just blows his eye, blows yeah. his head out. What was it he says? Oh, uh, I just, just that was a real, I um, really opened his eyes to that. I know. It's, um, I just showed him your watch, blew his mind. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you come into sort of the final bit. I like when Q's explaining to him how to explode, open the blast doors. And he's just doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then comes the sort of like the, the final wrap up really is with Rami Malik resets the blast doors because they're going to send missiles over to the island to destroy mm -hmm. it, which is interesting because the ramifications that have, because they keep mentioning like the Russians and the Chinese are like, what are you doing there? And they've just blown up an island that they can test. So yeah, it's left open, that isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. So I wonder if that'll be something they cover in the next one. Maybe, yeah. You know. um, but, but yeah, can they? Based on what we're going to say next, yes. Uh, so well, that's where. I, well, we'll come into that in a minute. But yeah, then 
he he goes to try and leave the island. Rami Malek stops him. He closes the door again and shoots Bond. Uh, and then they have a, a bit of a fight, which was quite brutal because he like probably like smacks his arm until it breaks, which I, was, I thought was quite cool. But the virus stuff that Malik created, uh, he's put in a vial that contains the DNA of his daughter, which is also the DNA of Dr. Swan, and he cracks it across his head so he would never be able to be near them again. Yeah, he poisons them. Yeah. Uh, so then Bond basically decides to stay on the island. All the missiles come down and James Bond dies. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't... In, never in a million years did I think that was how I thought was he was going to die. I, I could not think of any other way they could do it. They could never do it where I oh, goes off quietly with Dr. Swan because then how this film started would just happen again. Well, you even thought before they... I thought he was going to die, yeah. Really? I, I, I thought that that was how they are going to end it. I didn't think it was going to be that specific way of dying, but I, I knew he was going to die. As soon as he got... You know when he like drops her off on the boat and goes back, one hundred percent like yeah he's gonna die. Mm. There's no way he's getting back to that boat. But I I felt he was gonna die before like as soon as they said this was the last one. It's like only way you can do this is killing him. Yeah, but see, because I've seen every other Bond film. Yeah, they've never they've never done that. They've never killed them off. But the thing is, is this time the the other Bond films they somewhat carry on from each other but they're more mm. self-contained whereas this one is a is a basically a five film long story if they didn't kill him off and he just went off into the sunset or whatever it's the same problem with this one he will get dragged back in um if you made it that he quit he's just going to get dragged back in there is only one way you could have ended his character that meant yes nothing else is going to happen to his character and that's killing him well, no, no, yeah. no, because they just they would have recast him. Yes, they could have just recast him. It is in, don't get me wrong, it's interesting that they killed him. Mm. Uh, but I think they kind of have it in their head that they maybe want to carry on this universe, perhaps. So with obviously the new 007 and the other characters that are in it, they might carry it on in a sense. Without um, having to have Craig. But then, of course, at the end, at the end of the credits, it says James Bond will return. So... Well, it's always you know. possible that they'll they'll reboot it on the cinema and then maybe using Amazon, they'll do the spin-off. Yeah, that. that'd be interesting if they did like a f- series or something. Yeah, um, but no, that would get quite confusing. But you never know. Yeah, but I think uh, I think what it'll just be is it's putting that at the end to keep some of the fans happy that are you know, bitching and moaning that James Bond will be um, changed. But I think they will probably do another film in this universe just called like 007 or something yeah maybe um and then eventually they'll reboot it again yeah but i don't want them it sounds dumb but it's it's, it's kind of like so they doing a 007 film would be fine with uh the the new the shana i can't remember the actress's name sorry shana lynch yeah, yeah that would that'd be fine I'd, I'd go and watch that i think that'd be interesting but i wouldn't want them to only do that i do want another james bond it's an iconic it it's kind of like the legend of zelda games like you always want another one to come back, even if the last one wasn't great or if the last one was like a really nice finale or something. You want the next one because you want to have that reboot. You want to have that next stage of it. See, I'm completely opposite. But then I've seen all 25. So that yeah. maybe that's why. So I've... what, you want the Bond franchise to actually end? I thought that was such a good ending. Yeah. And like something, A, I didn't expect, something extremely brave mm. because a lot of people hated that online. A lot of people didn't like that. What they killed uh, them off? Yeah, they're like, oh, it's really depressing. Like that's not what you want when you walk out of the Bond film. It's like, well, you want you want some emotional payoff. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently they don't. Um, yeah. 
and they're fucking idiots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they probably have about as much emotional depth as a teaspoon. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I just thought it was such a a brave way to take it, and I think mm. that would have been the perfect place to end it because you've killed Bond. It doesn't yeah. need to be rebooted. I could be proved wrong. I'm not. I'm not. If they can do it as well as that, then yeah. fair game to them. But I can't personally think how they're going to revolutionize the character more than that. Yeah. Because that re- when they rebooted it with Casino Royale at the time, that was incredibly new and modern and different. Yeah. And where it's ended, I think that was the most modern you could make Bond be in terms of the fact that he was starting to view women differently and yeah. he had a kid and he he changed they made his character evolve as much if as possible. you recast it what are you going to do send him you back to being all of that starting slapping women around again and being a misogynist and i think um, how would it work i think an interesting take which is something nick said is go back goes like world war one bond or something but then w- would he be an old-fashioned character again? i guess you would have to be more sensible with how you write it so it's a bit like uh, the the new Kingsman film is going to be set in World War One. Yeah, you'd they could yeah. Take some I guess you do that. They could do it in ways that obviously it's not horrible towards women. They can cut out. I mean, if if it's espionage in World War One as well, there's only going to pretty much be men. Hmm. So you know, unless he wants to sleep with Stalin or whatever <laughs> his name was, it's probably not going to have that much fun. I don't know. I just feel we're we're now living in a world where there's so many. You know, I Continuous like I, I like the MCU. Yeah, that's done it well, but everything else is trying to copy that. Yeah, and with with the MCU, the reason the MCU can carry on is because it's not one character, no. and it's not like a small group of characters. It's an endless pool of characters of that will only grow. And, Whereas yeah. with Bond, it is one character. Yeah, with things that go on around him. So yeah, I can see your point. You know, like they should have just ended it there, but it's the problem of amazon just bought it for eight billion dollars they end it there they want a moolah that's the thing when when something becomes so popular it makes too much money it will never end harry potter will come back in some way shape or form beyond um whatever it's fucking called the fantastic beast because it makes too much money lord of the rings is coming back as a series because it makes too much money no you're totally right Um, i agree with you yeah any any of that stuff will keep making money there'll be another die hard film and when that one unless that one completely flops they'll do it again Mm. you know it's just unfortunate how that sort of shit happens franchises get ruined because they make too much money so it's almost better when a film makes a good amount of money but not so much money it's an unstoppable juggernaut of money making because then they don't keep bringing it back yeah, because the thing the thing about this film is that there is there are elements to it that are bombastic and they're purely for spectacle mm. and uh, you know they're nostalgic. But that end was like I I I it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. Mm. Like it was very impactful, and I never thought I love Bond, but I never thought I'd feel that in the yeah. Bond film. Um, they've always just been it's it's more the element of oh it's a spy and he's yeah. so kind of uh, suave and suave stuff. and um exciting and you know it's all kind of uh what's the word escapism yeah it's all escapism but the way they ended that and also there was little things like they had the car from um timothy dalton's car as bond 
the one he's driving at the end. Uh, Swan's driving at the end. Oh, what the, the that that's Timothy Dalton's is it? Aren't yeah, I? it's an Aston Martin, but it's a different yeah. model of Aston Martin. Hmm. And they're playing "You Have All the Time in the World," which was a song from Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. And cleverly, they play it earlier on, so you think that Swan's going to die because that happens to Bond's wife in On Her Majesty's yeah. Secret Service, but it's flipped on its head. So it's just, it was very tastefully done. Mm. It's very tastefully done. They didn't just do what uh, something like Space Jam did, <laughs> where it's just drop all these references. Yeah, they were subtle and more for the fans in the sense yeah. of, I mean, I didn't. I guess that there was references in it, but mm. I didn't know many of them because I haven't seen the older ones. But no, of course not. Yeah. But you know, and and it, it's still a good film without them. But it's for me, having grown up with it, I thought it was really quite a poetic send off, mm. and uh, and it was done. T- it was done with class. Yeah, it was done well, and that's what you want from Bond. You want class, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, Bond's dead now. No more Bond 26. <laughs> and uh, I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to end it in the only way that I think you can really end it with a Bond Bond uh, podcast, which is uh, that damn film show will return. Did it do? Did it do? Did it do?